Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and current ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast will be filled with tips and tricks for helping you not only be the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but live the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. I hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is going to talk about one of my favorite things I ever did as a teacher. It was the PBL I did with my class in December of 2018. If you don't know what a PBL is, it's project-based learning. The idea behind a PBL is your students aren't just learning from a textbook. They're not just memorizing facts for the sake of memorizing facts, but they're actually taking what they're learning and they're applying it to a real-world scenario. It's a way to make the learning much more concrete for them because they can see it in things that they're doing in their everyday life. PBLs were wildly popular at my school, and I struggled to figure out how to make them happen for my students. But then I opened up a lesson one day, my brain started running, and I ended up hosting an incredibly successful PBL, and I'm so excited to talk about how I did that today. When I was in the classroom, I used unique learning systems. I also had a subscription to News to You, which is the special education newspaper that is from the same company. And I saw somewhere around late Thanksgiving or beginning of December an article called Santa Paws. It was all about how people can support animal shelters and support animals who are in need during the holidays. If you haven't learned this yet by listening to my podcast, I am 100% a dog person. My rescue beagle buster is the most important thing in my life. So when I saw an article about dogs, I was like, yep, this is what we're going to do. So I knew I wanted to make that the base of my reading instruction in December. We were going to read this nonfiction article all about animal shelters. I was going to supplement. I was going to build in vocabulary. I was going to have us work on it in writing. It was going to be all about dogs and cats and animal shelters and what they need. It was going to cover so many of my nonfiction state standards. I was going to get great writing samples, and I was excited. And at first, it was just going to be what we did for reading and language arts instruction for three weeks. But then, if you've ever used News to You articles, they typically have a recipe at the end. And on the recipe, it was to make homemade dog treats. So I looked at the recipe and I was like, maybe I could have my class make treats for Buster. But then I let my mind wander and I was like, what if we made treats for everybody at my school? I worked at a pretty big school with over 100 employees. So I thought, I have a fair amount of friends at this school. I bet I could get them to buy treats from us. And even if I only got 10 of my friends to buy treats, that could still be a really cool lesson. So then I decided to expand it, and I went to my administrators and told them, and they loved the idea, and I said, we're going to make dog treats, we're going to sell them, and then we will use the money to buy things for the animal shelter, and boom, I had a PBL. So what we did for our social studies component, because a really successful PBL pulls in a bunch of different contents, so for social studies, we learned about goods and services. What we were doing in this project was we were producing a good that people could sell. And it was a really tangible way for my students to understand what selling a good meant because we were actually making something and selling it. 
And so they were able to learn this is a good, and then we looked at examples of what a service might be. And there we go. I had social studies covered, and I got some of my grades done in that area. We hosted the dog treat fundraiser, and it actually was super successful. We ended up selling over 50 orders. My school was super supportive. I had people sell, buying it for their neighbors, and we had it be so successful that we ended up making cat treats as well as a special request to my principal. So we sold dog and cat treats, and then our math came from not only counting our orders, but actually using the money, making the purchases, and making the dog treats. And I had my occupational therapist and my speech therapist push in to the actual dog treat making portion because my occupational therapist was able to do a lot of fine motor with cutting out different shapes. My speech therapist built in a lot of communication with the cooking and it was awesome. So we made all of these dog treats and we got a bunch of math standards in there. And then we also built in science because my students got to learn about cooking and what happens when you put the dog treats into the oven. So I had another standard covered. So, so far we have read the article about animal shelters and done a lot of expansion activities. So there's our reading and language arts. We have hosted this fundraiser and collected a lot of money and we've been counting it. There's our math. We have actually made dog treats and learned about what happens when you put them in the oven. There's our science. And then it came time to fill the orders. So this is where we tied math in again. So my students, and this is how I was able to differentiate it. For my students who might have struggled to count large quantities of money, they could use one-to-one -one correspondence to fill the bag. I could give a student a bag, I could give him a sheet with eight circles on it and tell him, put a dog treat in each circle, when all the circles are filled, put them in the bag, there's an order. And that made it easy for my students who were still working on one-to-one -one correspondence and counting numbers one to eight to be able to participate and have their math covered as well. So then we filled all of the orders and we had to deliver them. Our speech therapist came along with this portion as well because this tied in a bunch of communication. My students, either with their oral words or with their communication devices, were able to say, here's your treats, or enjoy, or I hope your dog likes them. We built in a ton of communication this way, and we were able to get out into our school community and interact with our teachers. So that was a really fun component as well. But the project wasn't over yet because we had all of this money. This last part of the project was probably the most fun part. So some of my older students were able to look at all of the money that we had collected during this project. We subtracted the money that we needed to fulfill the orders. And so they learned about how when you are producing a good, you have to take some of your money and apply it to actually producing the good. And then what's left over is your profit. We are able to take those profits and then use them to buy toys to donate to the animal shelter. Now, we also could have just donated the profits to the animal shelter, but I wanted to make it super concrete for my students. I wanted them to understand what we were doing. And so I didn't feel like just handing a check over to an animal shelter was going to be as powerful. Now, I ended up have hosting a animal shelter shopping trip in my actual classroom. Logistically, it was just a little bit difficult for me to get my kids to a pet store or to any type of store to buy these toys in the short amount of time we had left before winter break. So I did a virtual trip instead. What I did is I went to Walmart 
and I just bought a ton of stuff. I actually looked on the animal shelter's website to see what they needed, and I bought a ton of toys. I bought uh, dog and cat food cans. I bought neonatal bottles for kittens that need to be bottle fed. I bought a lot of different things that they needed, and I basically just took the amount of money we had and bought as much as I could, and then what we did is we set up a trip in my classroom. So we had tables with toys, we had tables with supplies, we had tables with treats, and then each student got to go around and they got to choose X amount of things from each table and they had an adult to support them. So they would go to the toy table and they would be told they could choose four toys off of the table. Then they would go to the table that had treats and be told they could pick two treats or bones. And I had bought extra stuff on purpose to make sure that every student got a choice of something to pick. But it was really fun because then each child got to feel like they made their bags of donations. I had students who really liked toys that were sparkly or had bells on them. I had other students who felt like dogs needed bones. And so they each got to fill their own bag and write a little tag saying their name that they were donating it. And so then at the end, I had a bunch of bags filled with supplies. My students got to see how they were able to contribute to the animal shelter. We got to support one of our local charities, and it was honestly the most successful project I've ever done. It's ob obviously because it's been almost a year since I did it, and I'm still glowing about it. In fact, I loved doing this project so much that I now have a resource that you can use to make this happen in your classroom. So if you just listen to this podcast and you think that sounds amazing for your class, but you don't have time to get it all set up, I have something ready for you. It's a product in my store that's meant to help you launch PBLs in your classroom, and the product is linked in the description of this podcast. The product actually lets you choose four different projects and then four different charities that you can support in your local community. You can have your class make a couple of different products and then you can choose to donate to animal shelters, homeless shelters, food banks. I have a lot of options in there. And this is a really nice thing to do during the holidays because it ties into giving back to our community. If you decide to do a PBL either through my product or you just put one together, I would love if you came and showed me on social media. I think this is such a cool idea, and I would love to see what you do with your class. I hope this made you feel excited about possibly doing a similar project in your classroom. And as always, you can always reach out with questions. This is one of my favorite, favorite things to talk about. So I hope you all enjoyed this podcast, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.